Wow, that was quite uh, the introduction I was not expecting because he isn't here, so I thought I was going to kind of get off the hook on any personal stuff. Got me, <laughs> Sorry. Got, got me in my little, you know, my tears and my feels a little bit. That was a beautiful introduction. Um, and then as I was sitting here, I was thinking, you know, with Brentley in Dallas, I'm like, oh, you guys are so blessed and, um, and so lucky that this is who God brings you to share uh, his word with you and his worship with you because their hearts. Um, so, you know, sometimes... Sometimes we miss that when we're in our space and every single week we come in and we do. Uh, we notice maybe all the things that are not perfect or not right or who's not here, what's not happening, um, and we can miss what God has for us in the midst um, and sometimes fresh eyes. And it's like, man, you've got some beautiful worship and uh, and I just love Pastor Dallas. He's he's super great. And that he um, you know opened up the space and for, for someone else to come in. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. Um, it was funny because when he reached out, uh, he said that you guys were um, in Acts, and I was like, do you have scripture that you'd like to jump off of? And um, and he'd given a couple just different spots that he wasn't doing and stories he wasn't doing yet. And two weeks ago before he left, he was preparing to come. Well, I really am just you know, Holy Spirit filled as far as when I'm praying for this stuff, I let it go up to the last second. Well, when you do this every week, there is a game plan to it. And there are people involved and what's the title and what's, you know, what specific scripture. And I'm like, oh, two weeks out, that's way too far out for me to nail down what that is. And I was up at a music festival and I was like, Dallas, I know it's going to be an X10. Like, that's what I'm feeling in my soul as I'm sitting here reading this. But what part, I don't know, because if you guys have read X10, it is so meaty. And there's just so much there that you could go off of. And uh, and it was funny because in a title, you know, you need titles, and I'm awful at that. Um, it was empowerment. So when that came across the screen this morning, my friend said, oh, that's a good word. And as I looked up, I, I was like, that is a good word. But what is as I've been preparing, what felt right was Brentley and I's shirts. <laughs> Brentley says fearless and mine says faith. And I was like, wow, that resonates so much for what Acts 10 looks like, is fearless faith and then the polar opposite sides of the two people um, that he uses in this story and what that looks like, because they both had to be fearless and they both had to be rooted in faith to walk this out. And I just went, and if we ever doubt that Jesus is in the room with us and that Holy Spirit is moving, well, I certainly did not call Brentley and say, hey, do you have a shirt that says fearless? <laughs> and I certainly had no idea that I was actually wearing this today until this morning. So just, you know, that was beautiful in itself, that fearless faith. So in Acts 10, um, it and I speak quickly, and I'm probably going to hit the scripture a little quick, um, just so we can get to the points where I felt like God was speaking in it. Um, it starts right out. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was devout, God-fearing, and, and as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Now, the vision is important, but the, mo the more important part, when we're talking about the opposites of who God uses, it's saying, you know, he prayed, he was religious, he was devout, he was all of those things. This is who he was. He was a Roman soldier, okay? Cornelius stared at the angel in terror. What is it? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. 
Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants, a devout soldier one of his, and one of his personal attendants. He told them what happened and sent them off to Joppa. Okay, so Cornelius is home and he gets a vision and he immediately acts on it. So that tells you like what kind of person he is, you know. He he believes that that's I mean some people be like what just happened? Like an angel just appeared before me and told me to do something. It some people it might take a minute to choke that down and swallow that down that that just happened. And he immediately got his got two of his people and said, "Hey, I need you to go do this." Um there, there wasn't a hesitation in, in, in this scripture as we read it. It's not saying there's a, there's a hesitation there. It's an immediate thing he sends them to go. Now, I will bring to mind that he himself didn't go. He sent two people um, to go do it. And I think there's you know some more leaning into that and what that looks like. But he immediately acted on it. And um, in that, we can think about the way that God speaks to us. And, and what that looks like. And so um, for him, he had the visual of an angel and he immediately acted on it and didn't question it. So for me, his relationship with God's gotta be pretty solid, you know, because there was no questioning, there was no anything um, in that. And, and that speaks to, we can have a relationship with God and do all of the right things, but still be missing something there's still something that's missing in that. So then we, we come up to the next scripture, and it's the next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill them, and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Peter was staying there. Um, sorry, I want to see how far before I jump back. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go, the th go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said, I'm the man you were looking for. Why have you come? Okay, so I'm going to pause there. So now we have Peter. Now we're on the other half of this fearless faith uh, dichotomy here. Peter knows Jesus. Peter is spreading the gospel. Peter has Holy Spirit in him. But Peter hesitated. Peter said, no, God. I can't do that. No. He had to be given the vision three times. Now, it happens, you know, relatively, I would think, kind of, we don't know exactly how quickly, it was an immediate, 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 how long he was on the roof for, but he had to be given the same vision three times, because no 
this is who I am, and I can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. The law says we can't eat. This is unclean. I can't do that, regardless of what he's being told. There was a hesitation, a pushback. Now, in that, I think that's the beauty of what having Holy Spirit in Jesus is, is that we are allowed to have that tension of, hey, I don't know about this. And I was telling Brentley before the service that in my footnotes of this Bible, it says, um, doubting God is the rebellion of Eden. When God says something is so, we must not debate him. The right response is humble submission to his revealed truth. And I read that and that just didn't settle right with me on Friday night when I was preparing for this. And I was like, well, yes, there's truth to that. Like we don't want to, but no, this scripture is actually telling us it's okay to have a, a little bit of doubt there and go, hey, wait a minute. And he gave the vision three times. If it was supposed to be God speaks and we move every single time like Cornelius did, then it would never have given it three times. He would have done it once, pulled the veil up and said, okay, you need to go do it because I say so. And that's not the loving father that we have. And how many times in our lives do we maybe wrestle with that? Do we, do we not respond or respond to something out of fear because we're, we're fearful of God? not walking in fearless faith, but walking out of fear. And we're supposed to have a healthy fear of the Lord. But what is that attached to? Are you only acting because you're so afraid? Or it's what we do because we fear the Lord? Is that the only reason why you're responding to something or acting, for, acting on something that you feel like the Lord is telling you? Or is it really resonating in your heart and soul and you're letting Holy Spirit move in that um, and that's why you're responding, because there is a difference in what that looks like. And this story tells us that. Because if it didn't matter with Jesus being in our heart, then there would have been no reason for God to send Peter to Cornelius, because Cornelius was doing all the right things. He was giving to charity. He was praying. He was, his household believed in God. But he didn't have Jesus. So there's something to that. And there's something to when we get Jesus that he's telling us we're going to hesitate. I could probably jump to judgment reading that going, why would you hesitate? Like, you know that you know that you know. Okay, um, I can know that I know that I know some things on how God works through me too, and I still hesitate. And have people around me to speak into things and go, hey man, I'm really kind of feeling like this is God, but I don't know for sure. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you were looking for. Why have you come? They said that they were sent by, by Cornelius. He's a devout, God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews, and an angel instructed him to summon you to his house uh, so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited them to stay the night, and the next day they went. Okay, well, even in that, Peter invited them to stay in, come in and stay the night. Like, that's unheard of, too. One, Peter's going with him where he technically shouldn't be, but he also invited them in, and they stayed with him. You know, so there's a lot happening here that things that aren't the norm for the time that that they're trusting on. These men trusted Cornelius' faith in God so much in his prayers that they didn't just say, oh no, we can't stay with you. We can't do that. They stepped through the door and stayed. They didn't get the angel telling them to do this. But whatever Cornelius was doing had people, his people trusting that like, hey, God, he saw something and God had him do this. So we're going to follow this out and we know that we're safe, um, whatever that looks like. Um, and, and that speaks something. Sorry, my context just switched. 
They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others are assembled. So again, in this, he sends his things, they're at, they're at Peter's house, they're coming back. Cornelius could have just remained and did his daily life, whatever his, his time was until Peter came back, but he gathered people. So whatever, this, whatever was working in him, um, because we know that God sent, so even though he hasn't heard the message of Jesus yet and he's not filled with the Holy Spirit yet, we know this not, we can look and recognize because we have the, the knowledge now of this, that Holy Spirit was, was moving around him because he was doing things. He was bringing other people into it. He wasn't, he wasn't asking them to come back and he was going to hear Peter's message privately and then make a decision if he was going to share it or invite others to come. He brought them all in, not knowing what this message was. But he had enough faith and that, that vision that he got, the angel that he got was impactful enough that he called others into it. And he had character enough and standing enough and respect enough that people listened and they came. That speaks volumes. You know what is, Peter told them, you know what is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has showed me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I come without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you have sent for me. Cornelius says, four days ago I was praying in my home about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon um, and he lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I know that I don't walk up to everyone I know or don't know and say, hey, I got a vision from God. I had an angel. This, man, this dazzling man came down. And I, if I probably walked up to one of you, you'd think, oh, she's a little cray-cray. Like there's, there, there's something not, not right about that. Even though we have our Bibles that tell us this happens, like God sends angels to give messages. It's right here. But if I said that to someone, I would seem nuts, especially because you guys don't know me other than my two friends in here. And, and it would seem a little crazy. And even in that saying, hey, this is the vision I got to the strange man that's coming that they are not supposed to be together. They are not supposed to be hanging out, talking, doing these things. And so not only is he bringing them here, he's bringing them his home, he's bringing his people, he's going, hey, this dazzling man and sparkling things showed up and, uh, and he said, come get you. So I just leaped at it and that's why you're here. And he fell at his feet when he came. That is the power of God working and Holy Spirit moving before someone even knows who he is. And how many times can, can we miss that? How many times as uh, believers, as, as church, is it them and us? Even in just our language and how we speak. I know I do it. And, and, I, and I don't come from a bad heart when I talk about it, but I'm, I'm putting a label of the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. 
so that there's a descriptive for the person that I'm talking to, so that there's an understanding of where this person um, is at, which, which is important because this is why we're given all this detail here, because it matters. But I think where we miss as believers is when we think that God's not moving in people that don't know Jesus yet. Or that God's not giving words, giving visions. He's not using their gifts already because they don't know Jesus yet. And, and this Cornelius tells us that's, that's not true. Because God knows his heart. So he knows that as soon as he hears about Jesus, he's going to latch onto him and how powerful and, and the depths that Cornelius that can go that Peter can't. Who he can touch that Peter can't. So of course he's already working. He's already moving because he's building that fearless faith that Cornelius had in that. So he can hit the ground running. But being very careful that we think that like God can't move. How many times as ourselves, we are believers. I know for me, I, I, God, is this you or me? I, I don't know if this is really, I don't know if this is really God talking to me right now. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're speaking. And I hesitate. And I a lot of times need the visions more than three times. <laughs> so I'm commending Peter on his three times of seeing the vision before the veil got pulled up. And I don't argue with God and, and I, don't, I don't do that, but I'm like, Lord, I am a human being with flesh and sin and, and I want to get this right. So please help me if this is where you're asking me to go or who you're, you're, you're taking me to, to, even if it's uncomfortable, even if they're not whatever that is. Like, help me to see that they're ready to receive you and your word from me. Cornelius was being prepared so he would be ready when Peter walked through the door. God's timing does matter in things. Because the other thing that we can do is we can, we can just walk up and, and for back, lack of better terminology, just shove Jesus down somebody's throat. And we can think that it's you know, the loving thing to do because our hearts are in the right space. But it doesn't mean that's how they're receiving it. So God walked with Cornelius, he prepared him, and then he sent Peter. Now, because we have the knowledge that we do, sometimes it's us that we need to walk with whoever God puts in our path and walk along with them and just sit with them and be with them. And then when the timing comes, then when Holy Spirit says they're ready to hear or they're ready to be, you know, go to the next dream, then we step into it. But meeting people where they are with Jesus and walking out how he would walk out. Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. 
You know what happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching the message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all of those who were repressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses for all he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one who all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their, be to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and afterward Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. That is the simple message. So sometimes when we think about, like, what is the message of Jesus? That didn't take very long, and it was very simple and very clear-cut. Sometimes simplifying things is what we need to do. Um, I know we do. We have a lot of conversations, you know, with COVID because we're post now and we're coming out and what does that look like? And, and the church definitely looks different now. And, um, and, and if we constantly think going back to what it was, then we're missing what God wants it to be now. And, and that specifically... For whoever's, whoever's online, I don't know who would be watching right now, but you know these, you guys in this room, there's something that God has inside of you that's different than before, and it's for now. And it's moving forward, and if we're continually looking at what we've lost or what we don't have, we're missing the beauty of what he can bring for, with, with the possibility of, of what's to come. If we, if we settle in, Cornelius had every opportunity not. Peter may have hesitated a minute and went, wait, what's going on? I know I do that. Wait, what's going on? But I'm still going to go. Yeah. He invited him to stay, and he went. So his immediate had a little bit more distance to it. But I would even look at that and go, I remember years ago, someone um, labeled a gift in me and connected it with Jesus. And it would be the prayer, the prayer component that Dallas talked about, and this, was, this has been ingrained in me my whole entire life. But it was never pointed out in the Bible as a gift to me in that way. And I freaked out when my mentor and someone from my church was like, well, you know, that's a gift of the Spirit, right? Like, that's a, that's a gift from, from God. And I was like, what? And for like three months, no joke, it froze me because it changed in my mind that like, wait a minute, this is Jesus. The implications of that 
hit me so hard in a way that God knew I was ready and he wanted to go, hey, this is really me. All the times that you didn't see me moving, all the times that you're going, hey God, now that, you, you know, now that I know Jesus now and I know what it is, I'm, I'm regretting back then that I didn't. And he was like, no, 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 I was using you then. That was still me just because you didn't have the right you know, language or words and you didn't know I was using you then. This has been always who you are. So don't let it stop you now. But I think about that with, uh, with Peter when he's like, hey, wait a minute. But it didn't really stop him. It was, hey, let's take a nap, and, and we're going, and we're going to go. And he was going somewhere that wouldn't be safe for him and would be basically scary, like, hey, this is, this is not what we do. He didn't know what he was walking into, and he did it anyway. And I think really in this season right now, and when I pray about it, I'm like, man, that's kind of what, you know, what's happening for all of us. He's asking us to step into things that probably somewhere, if we look deep into it, he's, it's been in us, but the, the church around us maybe hasn't fostered it. And I don't mean like this building, I mean big C church. You know, the systems in place, the, the way that we do things, that maybe, hmm, maybe there's something a little different there. And maybe now is the time, if you never thought there was a time to speak into you and go, hey, God might be speaking something here. I'm kind of feeling a little tug in my heart, and I, I thought it was just me. Okay, well, if you really love Jesus and Holy Spirit is in you, and, you're, and even, even if not, even if you're not sure, is it good? Yeah. Is it loving? Is it kind? Yeah. Is it gentle? Is, is it one of the fruits of the Spirit? Like, and even if you don't know, like, hey, give it a shot. Give it a whirl. We're so afraid to fail in this world. So afraid to fail. If the fear of failure is going to stop you, then Jesus can't fully flow through you either. I think shame, guilt, the way that the world has been for us, whether it's been just this week or our whole entire lives, the things that we don't talk about, the questions we're afraid to ask of even the people that we should feel safe to ask, the conversations, the questioning. I have not spoke to Brentley since last year an email after I was done preaching. And this morning, we walked in and I know that he is my brother and we both were very real this morning. We dropped some real truth really quick, but it was like, hey, I look at it and go, we both probably had something we needed to get out. Brentley, we prayed, and it opened up the space to go, I actually am not in relationship, friendship with Brentley, but he is my brother in Christ, and I know he is filled with Jesus, and so he is safe, and I can have the conversation. I could you know, anywhere we go, we could go into spaces and be too afraid of rejection because that is just horrible. Because, oh my gosh, what, what if I talk to this person and I share my heart with them because my heart is Jesus and Jesus is saying, hey, go and talk to them and they reject me. Okay, we're seed planters. And we don't know what God does with that afterwards. What I love about this church specifically is I love that you guys jumped on Wednesday nights and are bringing people here on Wednesday nights. 
That is absolutely you being the hands and feet and opening the doors and doing something that is such a need and bringing people in. I'm so bummed that I work on Wednesday nights and haven't been able to experience it, but I promise. I mean, I keep telling my daughter, I'm like, hey, they do this thing on Wednesday night at this church. Like, you need to take the kids and go. It'll be okay. She's terrified because she has three, you know, five, four, and two and a half, and uh, and that they would be crazy. I'm like, no, you'll be loved. Don't worry about it. They will love. They will love if they're, you know, not behaving. But that you've created a space that I can tell my daughter to take her kids to, and it's outside of Sunday morning. That's walking out something. That's, that comes at a cost. And it's beautiful. And so what are the other times? What are the other things that are the same thing? Because we each have those type of um, missions or things inside of us that he prompts us to. You know, what about the gas station, the grocery store, the neighbor next to us? but simplifying. I got that word this morning, sitting out front, seeing the Gus Macker going on and watching all the families carrying their stuff and going and it's, you know, and I'm like, man, how often on Sunday mornings are we so focused on how to be everything for everyone to get them inside the church? And the only way that we can be everything for everyone is to be Jesus for the people closest to us that he brings into our path. And each of us have one. (laughs) And we do that continually and continually. And maybe we won't see the fruit. Maybe we won't know what that looks like. Maybe you'll talk to them and they'll say, yep, I'll, I'll come Sunday morning. And you don't ever see him here on Sunday morning. And maybe that's a little ping, and that's the way the enemy talks to you to not talk to another stranger or not invite another friend of yours. Because what if I invite my friend? Heaven forbid the strangers. Let's talk about the people closest to us. What if they don't come? What does that do to my heart? Now am I going to look at them differently? Because I invited them to come and they didn't come. Well, how do you know, though? Because maybe they didn't walk in the building, but maybe they're online. Maybe they saw something else and they stopped at another church. And maybe it won't be tomorrow, and maybe it won't be next year. Maybe it'll be 10 years from now that what you, that, that invitation was there. God prepared Peter's heart. He's someone who knows Jesus but God still continued to pray, pray and prepare his heart, not pray, prepare his heart. And saying, hey, I'm going to ask you to do a new thing. He's always preparing our hearts. There's never a point on this earth that we know Jesus enough that we do not need our hearts prepared. We don't arrive here. Being religious for Cornelius was not enough. Following the rules was not enough. Praying was not enough. Being charitable was not enough. This story tells us that God is always 
going to be chasing after us. Always, believer, unbeliever. It doesn't stop. Because boy, isn't that a feeling if we go, man, I got Jesus, I'm saved, I got baptized, and I'm done. I'll be in heaven, I'm good. Okay. Look at the opportunities for growth inside yourself. Because we can't do anything out there until we do some growth inside ourselves and we stay open. The first song, this is my story, this is my song. You walking out Jesus and living Jesus and taking the gospel to people is you living out your story, your song, praising your Savior all day long. It's your story that will impact someone to believe that Jesus is for them. And this story tells us that God says everyone. He will move mountains to make sure that people that are ready to receive Jesus have the opportunity to do that. But it comes on the tails of us being the people ready to walk and climb the mountain to get there and drop down on the valley to help pull them up. And wrestle inside ourselves what Jesus is bringing up in us when he's, when he's calling us to go to people that are outside of our comfort zones. That are outside of what we would know. Because he's always speaking to us when we speak. And when we move and when we act. There's also something for us in that. It's solidifying who we are. What our gifts are. How he uses us every single time. One of the things that um, the Lord has blessed me four times now to preach. Last year when I was here, it was my first time. And, um, and this is my fourth. And it was funny um, because he does use who we are. And so at my church when I was able to, I, lyrics, worship music, stuff, it, that is what speaks to me. Um, and it comes out a lot of my life. And so when I was sitting here, um, I'm like, okay, God, you did it. You did it there. So I'm going to listen to your words now. And in this moment, for people that are watching online, our people that are in the room, what are you speaking right now? And the first one was, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And just remembering your identity in Christ and everything that you've been through. And there's not a continuum. It doesn't matter how dark and horrible and awful it was or how minimal it, in your eyes it was because everyone has a story. Not every story has to have a dark side, but everyone's struggled. Everyone's gone through stuff. And sharing that is a gift you give other people. Uh, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and I put a little arrow because I'm like, that's those moments where the words, those words are true, right? Amen. Except he put a little, little thing in there because we're in Acts 10 and it's Cornelius and Peter. So those three lines were just as valid for Cornelius as they were for Peter. But we know that for Cornelius, being religious is not enough. He was devout and he worshiped God yet he needed to hear the gospel. He needed to hear Jesus, and he needed to respond. So then that's where the line, 
and life is worth living because Jesus lives. So if we stop at line three, we miss the most important part. All my fears and doubts, they can come too because you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are. It does not say, let me take care of all my fears and doubts. And this is here too, so it's not just this lyric, but sometimes, you know, a song when we're hearing them, he's speaking through everything. So it's like, okay, I'm going to take all my fears and doubts and they're coming with me. I tell you what, I packed up my fears and doubts and walked them right in this church with me this morning. They're in the backpack. They're in my car. They're in my hair that is not dried because my power went out as I was getting ready this morning. Like all of the things that were like, you should, you know, who are you? What, what, you don't have anything to say. Terrified, stomach, all of that. And I'm like, yep, we're going to pack it all up. We're going to take it with us. And I'm trusting that I love Jesus. And just as you guys there's stuff that came in your, it blocked your path this morning coming in. Heck, I'm even guessing it was just parking, <laughs> driving around looking for parking, going, ah, I forgot there's no parking. Um, you know, so pack up your fears and your doubts and take them with you and trust that Jesus is going to heal you and wipe those things out and take the enemy out in the, in, in the process of you taking action. And then... The church is leaning into waymaking. Now, I could have wrote that whole song down. And that's when your Wednesday night um, dinners came up for me. But there was a, a depth for that, too. Because in waymaking, the lyric, he never stops working. How many times do we think we've arrived at something and that we're done? And that's good enough. But I'm doing all of this right here. He never stops working. That's something worth remembering when we're stuck. Or maybe we're in a, what is going on? I don't, I don't feel like I've ever reached anything. I don't feel like I've ever, I've ever really done anything, God. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, well, he never stops working. So even in that, and the truth is, we just don't know how he uses us. And maybe we'll be lucky like Peter. Because Peter, when he got there, the thing that also jumped to mind for me is that Cornelius asked him to stay for a few days. So at the end of this, he, he shares the gospel. He says, they've heard it, they've received it, we get to baptize them. Cornelius invites him to stay for a few days. So for me, what I read in that is God allowed that moment for Peter to see the fruit of what he did look like. And we don't always get to do that. Jesus doesn't always do that for us. But I believe if we really look, there's something that you can hang on to that, that he will point back to. I know you're not seeing it here and here and here, but trust me, I'm not done working. And he will give us those moments. When we're doubting or we're wondering, he'll bring things to mind. And it'll be, hey, it's like this one time. Remember this? Remember that? I believe this was a moment for Peter, and that's just my take on it. 
but he could have had Peter out. They could have done all the work after that, and, he, and, and Peter stayed. And I'm guessing that was probably a pretty cool thing to experience a witness knowing that this event was considered mini Pentecost and what was going to happen from inside and what was going to happen with those people and continue to go, that that was a beautiful celebration to be a part of. I have not seen the flag that I've been rambling too long and I cannot see the time. So I am... Um, I just really feel in my heart that when I was praying for all of this, it just came down to, we all have gifts. Every single one of us. And it looks a little, it looks different for all of us because if we all had the same gift, what would be the point of it being a gift? If we all moved the same way, people would get missed. I can't, I, I can go different places than, than you can go. I meet different people than you meet in all walks of life. So remembering, because I'm me and I, I am on the little other crazy Jesus, Holy Spirit side, and he speaks through very random, strange things to me, I, my friends can attest that they now see, they now see things of, you know, that God speaks to me that they can't walk through a store without seeing something and going, hey, <laughs> that's Amy's Jesus thing. Um, so, <laughs> so in that, realizing that, hey, Maybe it's an angel in dazzling clothes that's going to drop in front of you and God's going to say something. Or maybe it's like me and it's going to be a lemon in a store. Maybe it's going to be a veil from heaven and animals are going to be all in it and God's going to say, hey, don't call something unclean that's clean. Or maybe it's going to be a song on the radio. Or maybe it's going to be a line in a book or a commercial or somebody says something and you're not even a part of the conversation, but it catches your attention. You staying open and seeing Jesus in everything will allow you to fine tune the ways and pull out in you the gifts that are inside of you and the way that you can move in this world and just trust that he's doing that and trust that he's doing that for the ones that we don't even know. And when you get the opportunities, just be okay with saying, hey, are you, are you sure it's me? <laughs> are you sure? Can, can you? But also taking action. Because for as much as I, I may need the three visions as Peter, he gives them to me because he knows I'm not really questioning if I'm going. He knows he already has my yes. As soon as he gave it to me, I said yes. Even if I didn't actually yet, he knew my heart. So hey, I'm going to give you a little more. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time today. Thank you for the ways that you continue to move and that you never stop working on us and in us and through us. Lord, I pray that for all of us, when we leave here today, you start showing us the new ways. You help us pack up our fears and our doubts and our questions and, and carry them along with us. That you help shake up in us what big C church looks like, what little C, because the reality is everywhere we are, there you are, so there's the church. Help us to remember that in our day-to-day -day life, Lord. Thank you for those that are around us, and we just love you so, so much. And in your name I pray, amen.